the prospect of being young forever, living forever as a child. Is that appealing to you? I mean, it was at one point. I don't, mm. I think after a certain age, you realize the folly of youth. And I want to say that age is usually like your late 20s, early 30s. And that only, yes. and you only grow to hate your younger self, like the older you get. Oh, yeah. No, just, oh, wow. It was so embarrassing. You know, how did anyone like me? How did I even get by in life? Yeah. Yeah, it's so funny. It's not even, that's not even usually what bothers me. Like, everyone has embarrassing, like, youth stories. That's not a, that doesn't bother me. I think for me, usually, it's more like, oh, the decisions I should have made. Like, Mm, I should have gone into law. I may Mm -hmm. be a Supreme Court judge now instead of, you know, (laughs) doing a podcast for you guys. I know, right? And be a millionaire. Hey. (laughs) But yeah. Well, you see, it's interesting because that's that's, well, Peter Pan would argue, you know, well, is being a millionaire what you really want out of life? You know, what what is the important things that J.M. Barry would would pose to you? Or at least that's what he hoped his book would propose to you. But he never lived in the 21st century, so he don't know. No, he he didn't. Maybe what yeah. was he, Edwardian or uh, Victorian? or? I would say, ooh, I think the beginning of the Edwardian era. You uh, know, I don't know. I'm just throwing out these terms <laughs> like I even know what they are. I don't. <laughs> yeah, we just know movies, guys. And we're talking about two movies in particular. We're talking if about that. the 1953 Disney animation film Peter Pan. And specifically, this new Disney Plus remake a live action remake of that film peter pan and wendy so we're not talking about any other peter pan iterations although they might get thrown in here they will definitely get thrown in here so and it's just us two no eddie z today so i, know. I guess can you believe like he's been the host for what a few weeks now and he's already and he already bailed and he's already <laughs> i'm on vacation goodbye yeah <laughs> well i guess he won't come with us to the second start of the right and straight on to morning Oh, I get that's a Neverland reference. Neverland reference, yes. I'm Nicole. And I'm Rolando. And this is Remakes, Reboots, and Revivals. An original podcast about unoriginality. So before we get into it, we got any news to share? No, I don't think so. I, I there was something that I saw that I, I that did pique my interest, but I don't remember off the top of my head, so maybe it wasn't as important. Yeah, we've that's true. We've been kicking things off with news. There was a remake. I feel like it was like recently announced, and it's like who asked for this? I don't remember. So I guess not. No news today. No news. Yeah, <laughs> it was like so much. Like nobody wants this that we're not even going to bring it up because. We forgot about it because we're not excited about it. So. I mean, there's a remake coming out, I think, this month for White Men Can't Jump starring there is, yeah. Jack Harlow, of all people. I think this is his first movie deal that he's out. And you don't have no idea who he is, do you? Nope. <laughs> I'm just like, Gene Harlow? Who? Uh, it's on Hulu, too, which I feel like is just, I don't know. People watch Hulu, I guess, right? But like, does anything like of really big worth? Like Prey. there was like two movies I could think of last year that came out on Hulu. Yeah, Prey, Prey was one of them, and I thought Prey Prey was one of the movies that's just like I think 
It just would have done Should well have been, in the box yeah. office. Yeah. But other if had they not had Prey, I don't know if I would have been going on to Hulu for any real reason, personally. Mm. Well, you, that, um, you know, that's Disney's B tier or like adult tier. Like they don't put the stuff that it can't go on Disney Plus or so goes on Hulu. True. Yeah. Disney. That brings us to what we are talking about today. One of the classic era Disney films. It's the 14th animated feature film with Walt Disney's company made while he was alive. It is Peter Pan. And they finally got around to doing a live action remake. I think for the longest time they were going to release it theatrically, but a couple years ago they decided just throw it on Disney Plus along with Pinocchio and Lady and the Tramp. So all like the 50s live action remakes get thrown mm-hmm. to Disney Plus, but everything like from the mid 80s and up gets released theatrically. Oh, interesting observation. I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not so, Cinderella, not- but that came out before Disney Plus was a thing. This is true. Snow White, I think, will be released theatrically. So I guess some of them. Are I guess the it's exception. like the big name princesses will probably be getting. Yeah. Do you think when they do Hunchback or Hercules that those will be released theatrically? I didn't even realize it was going to be a Hunchback. There's, it's bound to at this point. <laughs> I know. I I've heard mumblings of Hercules. Is that actually going to go through? I hope so. I mean, that could be fun, actually. I like a good Hercules movie. I think I I feel like Hercules. I don't know. Hercules. I feel like that was ripe for live action. I I agree, too. And well, now that it's finally transferring Hunchback. to Broadway, it could be fun. Oh, see, I didn't even know that. But Hunchback, I feel like it's going to be a Disney Plus. Yeah, because Hunchback is so dark. Yeah. Um, Like, it's one of their darkest musicals, but. That one actually you consider that a musical? So well there were like three Broadway. songs. Yeah, there was more than three. There was "Damn Hellfire," which I think uh-huh. is the best song in my opinion. It has like it's not a it's not a song to sing, but it's a very theatrical like uh, so theatrical a dramatic song that I do enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's the thing. Like, I'm surprised Hunchback hasn't been on the stage yet. Because it's so damn theatrical. It actually would have been a marvelous musical on the stage. Interesting. I just, yeah. I mean, I'm actually looking forward to that one. I think it's one of their more interesting. They really like went there kind of musicals. Right. So, but Hercules is fun. I was but, you say, know, what about Moana? Because Moana is going to be getting They are going to do yeah. Which is yeah. absurd. It's, that so, movie came it's out like, like Frozen. What, like 10 years ago? I know. It's, we're only a matter of time before they do Frozen live actions. So. My former mentee texted me and asked me, do I know anything about it? I was just like, I wish I was so in the know, kid, but no. Uh, and he's like, <laughs> is it because they want Dwayne The Rock Johnson in the film and he didn't want him to be too old? I'm Good just observation. Like, that could be a possibility, but like, I don't, do studios want to work with Dwayne The Rock Johnson anymore after the Black Adam fiasco? Hmm. I know. Even though by Dwayne the Rock Johnson's standard, that wasn't a fiasco. <laughs> no, oh no. He's so delusional. Yeah, he's like, no, it did pretty well. It did pretty well. DC is doing terrible right now. That, they're just so. I, I don't know what I I don't know how you take such a wonderful IP and like just get nothing out of it. Do you think the Flash is gonna do enough? To actually like, I'm going to see the Flash, but I'm going to protest Ezra Miller being in it because he's apparently like a horrible human being. But I do want to see Michael Keaton as Batman again. Yeah, I think the only reason people want to see it is Michael Keaton. I, you know, hey, Warner Brothers, and I think that's why they're using him more and more in advertising. He's probably going to be in the movie like a solid 10, 15 minutes, I feel like. I know, right? Yeah. 
he's he, yeah, but it's gonna make the whole movie worth, and it's gonna be like a two and a half hour movie for no reason. Does that do we get to do like a mini episode just talking about Michael Keaton as Batman? Maybe we have to talk about the Flash. We're just talking about Michael Keaton as Michael Batman. Keaton as Batman, like, just, like just, the reviving just that. Like, yeah, that like, would be just fun. a little fifteen minute episode on it, like our thoughts. <laughs> that could be fun. Um, but before, all right, well, we didn't have any news, but we had some things we wanted to talk about before we talked about Peter Pan today. This is a Disney movie. This is a movie we all know about. Whether or not we all watch it on repeat is irrelevant. We just know about it if you're a Disney fan, right? It's like one of the more popular rides at Disney. They always reference it. Tinkerbell is one of the icons of Walt Disney as a studio. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's one of their most celebrated films. Do you yes. like Peter Pan as a movie? You know, I used to watch it a lot as a kid. Yeah? It was like one of the few boy movies. Okay. Growing yeah, up, I guess right? this it was, was a boy movie. It was either Animals or Peter Pan, and eventually Aladdin. Mm. Yeah, eventually Aladdin. Yeah. Although this or is like, not, I was gonna say this is not the first Peter Pan I ever saw. Do you know what my first Peter Pan I ever saw was? Huck. No. What was yours? I'm curious first. What was your first interaction with Peter Pan? Was it this movie? It was. It was probably this because by the time I was like rewatching Huck nonstop, I was aware of the fact that Peter Pan was like someone else that they took this movie and made him older kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So my first interaction with Peter Pan was the stage play adaptation. <laughs> with Mary Martin? That's it. That was my first introduction to Peter Pan. I used to watch it a lot also. Wow. And interestingly enough, this is embarrassing to admit, did not connect the dots that this movie was supposed to be <laughs> the Disney movie, that they were the same thing, right? Because as far as I, as a little kid, all I saw was an older lady in grief flying around fighting a Captain Hook. Did not occur to me that she was playing a young boy. Oh my gosh. Actually, I lied. My first interaction of Peter Pan were those buses that had like Peter Pan buses that you would see all the time and wonder, what are they for? Like, I don't think why I've is ever there an... seen those. You've never seen a Peter Pan bus? No. Oh, man. You got to look it up. A they, Peter I Pan saw them bus. all the time growing up. Yeah. It was like a bus line that I think was like a specific route they would take. Peter Pan bus oh line. God. It goes to Springfield. It goes to. Oh, it's affiliated with Megabus. Oh, I, now that I see. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Peter. I, I mean, yeah, I see the name Peter Pan. Do they have like Peter Pan front and center? Yeah, he's on the back, and oh. he's, like, going like that or something. So There's also Peter Pan peanut butter. Is there? Yeah. Wow. I don't like peanut butter, so I wouldn't know. Really? It's so good for you. I don't like a lot of things that are good for me. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't like spinach either. Um, but, yeah, what? I mean... I don't. It's my least favorite vegetable. Oh I'll take I kale, love... arugula, anything over it. I'll take them all, but I love spinach. Steamed spinach with a little bit of garlic. Delicious. I just think that Peter Pan is one of the most instantly recognizable characters uh, of, I guess, pop culture, right? He started off as a character to play Peter mm-hmm. Pan or The Boy Who Wouldn't Grow Up, written by J.M. Barry. You actually, there's a movie about him called Finding Neverland. And interesting fun fact. So, yes. J.M. Barry wrote the Peter Pan or the boy who wouldn't grow up because he got to know this family, the Davies. And it was a particular boy, Peter Llewellyn Davis. That So he named him Peter and they named Pan after the Greek god. Peter Llewellyn Davis ended up killing himself and always hated the fact that he was associated with Peter Pan, the boy who wouldn't grow up. Why? Um, he was incredibly unhappy. 
and uh, he threw himself under a train. That's no. all we know. He just didn't want to be associated with Peter Pan? Yeah, I think it just like was this title that went with him everywhere that he didn't connect with and he didn't feel, he didn't enjoy. Wow, he sounds like the first, you know, those internet viral people who go viral for something awful and like the <laughs> yeah. shame never escapes them. Yeah, well, it's kind of like also people who like get that dream role, but then like that role will haunt them forever. Like Bella Lugosi, who, you know, Dracula, he could never escape Dracula. But right. the poor thing about Peter Llewellyn Davis is was that he didn't willingly want to be Peter Pan. He just was labeled that. And everyone always looked at him and went, that's Pizza Pan. How would people so. have known that, though? Because Jam Barry was very vocal about it. And I oh. guess if you were in the like, this is my inspiration. And I don't know, maybe it was like small world or yeah, it's not like today where we have parents who make their children star in youtube videos on you well, know without yeah consent, believe it or not then... information got around before the internet that's like TikTok, wild so. to me to <laughs> realize that that like people did still get information back then in the darkened days you know? <laughs> <laughs> literally before like telephones were really uh, part of like everyday culture, like telephones were somewhere you had to go out. They weren't in your homes, you know. No, okay, so like Nicole, you're telling me history. Like I don't know, but that's the <laughs> thing. Like, so how did people find things out? Like it wasn't even accessible within their own homes. I assume really newspapers. Find it right. <laughs> yeah, front and center. Peter Luandelimus, also known as Peter Pan. Maybe, maybe they probably were. So. A, uh, yeah, they probably were gossip pages and stuff. He maybe he was like a version of a socialite. Probably. Wow, I can't uh, believe that. He I don't know suicide. much more. He committed suicide. Peter Pan then became a book by <laughs> I guess he did Jan not Barry. grow up. That's in bad taste, but that was it. Come on, it was right there. <laughs> Jam Barry then murdered a novelization of this play called Peter Pan and Wendy, where he expanded on these characters in the world of Neverland that he created. And by 1935, Walt Disney, when he was, you know, doing Snow White and prepping it, he was like, I want my follow-up movie to be Peter Pan. And I think he bought the film rights in 1938. And he was like, it's going to come out in 1939. And then World War II happened. And then so many people went and fought in the war. And then unions started to be created under Disney. And all this shit happened until he couldn't work on it for another 11 years. Wow. Was and Walt... Walt, I assume, was anti-union, right? He I mean, was heavily anti-union. Like, yeah, that tracks for anyone who makes money, period. Yeah. his he So there are like reports of people who worked for him that said before like people wanted to unionize in Disney, it was the greatest job in the world. He was the greatest boss. Then all of that turned him into a very bitter and curmudgeon-y businessman, and then he can no longer connect with his workers. And the atmosphere at Disney changed. That's so... Yeah. Yeah, I don't. It's just like guys, feels about like, right. You're making millions of dollars. Just let people power corrupts. Too. Power corrupts, man. It does. That's what it does. I want to say that I'm going to be above that, but like if I ever presented with the opportunity, I I think history would show that most likely I'd be like, yeah, fuck yeah. the little people. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, so for a while, Disney made a lot of you know war films or propaganda films, or just kind of like package films, like Three Caballeros and Saludos Amigos and stuff. Um, and then they were like, okay, let's turn this around and, and have this movie come out soon. And it began in 1949, but it took four whole years for it to go into production. Disney was like, let's just put Cinderella and let's focus on that first, whatever, for a bunch of different reasons. It didn't come out for a long time. 
And this is when they started doing the whole, like, we're going to hire actors to act things out. And we're going to draw after them. So, like, the guy who did the voice for Hook, he only acted for, like, a week. But then it took, like, three years to make the way he acted come to life in terms of the cartoon. So it's just, it's interesting how this process happened back in the 50s. That is interesting. Ca- yeah. And it came out in 1953. It was number five at the box office uh, behind the Oscar winning film for here to From Here to Eternity, How to Marry a Millionaire, Shane, you know, movies that Rolando has not only heard of, but has definitely seen. How to Marry a Millionaire? That sounds like something I would watch. Oh, it's actually a delightful film. And it's got Marilyn Monroe in it. Is it a musical? No. Oh, okay. There you go. Maybe. The other film, that that's like Marilyn Monroe's year, because she also had Gentlemen Before Blondes, where she sings Diamonds Are Our Best, Girl's Best Friend. That was number seven. I've year. never seen that, and I have... I know the sequence, but I have no idea where it yeah, comes why? from, or why do we know it as a culture. I would say see it. I would say see that movie and read it as if her and Jane Russell are secret lesbians, and it like changes okay. the whole movie. Interesting. Like, secret my favorite lesbians, thing to do is watching... Theme. Mm-hmm. In this episode, I feel like. Because <laughs> I think there's some secret lesbians in maybe all these iterations of Peter Pan. I think so. Oh, so definitely in the second one. So oh, oh we might be on the same page. That. Oh, I'm very excited. I think to talk we are about it. Yeah. so okay, on the okay. same page. Guys, stay tuned if you want to listen to lesbian talk. Yes. <laughs> so uh, Peter Pan, the boy who wouldn't grow up, essentially Wendy and the darling family with her little brothers, John and Michael, are told these stories about a boy named Peter Pan who lives in a faraway land called Neverland. And he is forever young. He knows how to fly because he has a fairy that gives him pixie dust and he knows how how to fight pirates. And he's cut off the hand of a captain of a ship called Captain Hook. All these adventures that Peter Pan has in Neverland. Wait, was his name Hook before the Hook? Or is he named Hook? That's the thing. His name is James, but... It's like James Hook. He doesn't have any other name. So yeah, it's it's kind of messed up that he would get that name and that would be like his name. Yeah, like if he had a peg leg, would it be Captain James Peg? Yeah. <laughs> That's why they call him Captain Peg. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a little messed up. And this is not, this is just the beginning of the messed up things that happened to poor James. But uh, it's Edwardian London, you were correct. And so the Darling family have been told these stories of Peter Pan by the mother and Wendy tells it to John and Michael. They're like bedtime stories. She's so good at telling these stories that it just so happens that right outside her window, Peter Pan himself has been listening to her tell these stories about him because Peter Pan's a narcissist. I mean, truly. He, he is truly a is a narcissist. And he loves hearing stories about himself. And she's so good at it that he's like, hey, why don't you come back with me to Neverland so you can tell these stories about me forever? And the because she mentioned that she's going to grow up tomorrow. What? Like, what? Did they mention? Yeah. What, how she, she, gonna, she, like, how was she going to grow up? So it's the thing. Like, the was mom and the dad birthday? are getting ready for a big party and, like, just... It's like chaos everywhere. And it's really upsetting the curmudgeon dad to the point where he's like, stop telling stories and move out of the nursery because you are encouraging this childish behavior out of your younger brothers. And you, Wendy, are above that and older than that. So you're going to grow up and get your own room kind of a thing. It's like a symbolic gesture. Mm. I mean, she's of age enough not to share a room with like two boys. Yeah. You know what I mean? I guess so, yeah. I'm not like... 
not, who who were the brothers? It was John. John is the older. John brother. and Michael, yeah. I mean, John is clearly the age where it's just like he's probably popping woodies in the middle of the night. So it's just like, yeah, you probably should have your. Not that I'm saying that like he's thinking of his <laughs> sister, but I'm saying it's just like you know, exploiting sexualities. Yeah, like yeah, we realizing. don't want we don't want flowers in the attic here. Exactly. Exactly. You know the reference, right? Yeah. Okay. It's a good book. You read the book? <laughs> I've only, <laughs> I've only seen the TV movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard to tell how old she is, but she comes off as 12 or 13. Oh, that's still, I always thought she was older. Like what? Like 15? Like fifth, 14, 15? Yeah. She definitely comes off as puberty. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. This Wendy is such a mom. She, yes. The voice actor, it's got to be like in her 40s. Easily. Easily. Because even when I was rewatching this, I was just like. Yeah, she never sounded like a child, and she doesn't sound like never. a child now. Never. Just the most matronly British woman they could find, they made Wendy. So, like, that's the thing. She also just comes off as old, because Wendy's those, one of those girls that was always meant to be a mom. Right. And she kind of, like, knows it. And that's what people in this movie like about her, is that she's such a mom. She, like, takes care of, you know, her little brothers, because boys will be boys, and boys get to ask her act however they want, but like she's in charge and she has to be a proper lady and all this kind of bullshit. So, um, yeah. Yeah. That's all I have to say about Wendy for now. So while the mother <laughs> and the father go out, yeah, for now, uh, Peter Pan comes in and actually he lost his shadow. He's trying to find his shadow. Uh, Wendy helps him get his shadow back. And then he's like, let's go to Neverland. And they're like, bet let's go to Neverland. The song plays where they, you could fly, you could fly, you could fly. And the begrudgingly little Tinkerbell is like, fine, I'll help them. Let's talk about Tinkerbell. <clears throat> How old is Tinkerbell? I, I assume hundreds of years old. She's a fairy. Yeah. And her body is that of a woman, correct? Oh, a grown ass woman. She's a grown ass woman. A Marilyn yeah. Monroe esque body. Yeah. Isn't it just a little weird that she's in love with a boy? I mean, it is weird that she's in love with a boy, but he's also like hundreds, hundreds of years, years old. Years yeah. old, yeah. So, so like, so is it how old you are in spirit or like your physical body? Because also, like, he's still a fucking child. Oh, that's that's such a good question because Eddie was telling me about this woman who I think he saw like maybe with Maury or Jerry Springer, rest in peace. But mm-hmm. there was this woman who she looks like she is forever like twelve or thirteen, right? And she eventually found love with someone who is like now in his 30s and stuff. And the question is, wait, do you love her for her or do you love her because she looks like she's in her 13, 14? And there you go. What what does that mean? Right. Because I mean, love is love. But and no, no judgment, because if if but judgment if his predilection is that younger look and he just found a loophole. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. But then at the same yeah. time, though, isn't he doing the more more moralistic thing of not breaking Looking the law? Looking at her for a person. Yeah. Oh, I'm saying is, no. It's not, not not going after oh. the children. He found a woman who looks like a child, which I guess <laughs> makes it okay. <laughs> Assuming that's why he loves her. Uh, you know, it's it's so tricky because when I say too that Peter Pan is a child, I say that because he acts like a child. It's not just because he has the like the body of a twelve year old. Like he's a straight up baby. Does he have the body of a twelve year old? I thought he was like uh like a twink. Like in his like I also thought he was like fifteen, sixteen. 
Well, aren't twinks so named because they have bodies of children? No, I think they're mostly because they're like hairless. I I believe that mm, Peter like Pan is they're probably just hairless. puny and hairless. Yeah. 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 I mean, the official I mean, reason they're called twinks is because they're blonde and full of cream. Wow. That's where the Fun term facts. Twinkie comes from. There we go. There a we twinks go. Comes from mm. Twinkie. Twinkie. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, that's he's also like a boy who doesn't want to grow up. So we also assume that he's of a young age, right? Like he can't be more than 14 for sure. I mean, he also sounds old, though. Yeah, Bobby Driscoll, the voice actor, was much older and, and stuff. He sounds like a very developed teenager, so to speak. <laughs> We're getting Which is, gross yeah. all over. With uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you're the one who brought it up because you know that Tinkerbell has a, a Tinkerbell. hot... Yeah, for, for Tinkerbell is, is in love with him, like straight up in love with him, so devoted to him, and even though shortly soon she will betray him, but she's like all lusty and really possessive, just a real Scorpio about Peter Pan. And it gets to the point where it's a little weird and it's very similar to your thing. It's like, okay, of spirit, these people are many, many years, you know, maybe of body, they are like, she's 30, he's 12. Um, but they've probably lived together for hundreds of years. So I guess it's not a problem anymore. I don't know. It's just a little weird. I mean, also, though, oh, I guess, like, I understand why Peter Pan would have, like, this almost nude, you know, adult, voluptuous woman, like, constantly by his side. But the opposite is, but she's in mm. love with him. Well, he also straight up abuses her, though. Well, he's for her powers. We could be, I mean, even this Peter Pan was a piece of shit. He was such a piece of shit. All, like all Peter Pans are pieces of shit. Thank Let's you. Just say like that. we could say that all Peter Pan are garbage. Maybe this. Yeah, yeah. Maybe this no, is why that poor young gentleman killed himself. It's just like I can't be associated with this piece of garbage person. Like this is not who I am. <laughs> I'm not mocking the fact that he committed suicide as a tragedy, but I'm just saying it's just like if you break it down, it's like yeah, like all Peter Pan sucks. So if he's associated with Peter Pan, like. I guess yeah. not the best reputation to be walking around no, with. No, I'm not a narcissist. No, I'm not a fucking baby. I'm a grown ass man. And yeah. no, I'm not. Because even though he's like a teen or maybe tween, he's also kind of a fuck boy. Because he oh. has just a brothel of women, a harem, basically. Like the mermaids, Tiger Lily, Tinkerbell. Yeah. Yep. If there were a female pirate, I'm sure she'd be lusting over him too for some reason. We're just going to drag. If you're a huge Peter Pan film fan and you just feel. <laughs> like he's this beautiful icon of eternal youth. Turn the podcast off because he's just going to continue to be dragged. Okay. <laughs> like I think rewatching this and then also reading a little bit about Peter Pan retellings and then seeing the new movie has just kind of opened my eyes to who Peter Pan is. Mm-hmm. So as the movie goes on, we meet a bunch of different characters and the other inhabitants of Neverland. And first we meet a ship of pirates that is led by Captain Hook and his first mate, Shmee. And- is it Shmee or just me? Mr. Shmee. Is it with the S-H? I say it like that. I'm sure uh, it's just Smee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say, it's just like, I'm pretty, okay, Smee. Yeah, so um, Captain Hook is the villain here. But in terms of Disney villains, and he's always like portrayed as, like if you were to watch one of the, like the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party or anything that like puts all the villains together, Hook is always there. And it's always kind of confused me because he's not that evil. He's just an, He's just a buffoon. He's a little buffoonish. I don't think he... I mean, if you think a great Disney villain, he's. I don't think he ever shows up. He wasn't in, for example, Fantasmic. He wasn't? No. Uh, well, I, I think growing up in like featured. my sing-alongs and whatnot, like 
like Grim Grim and Ghost come out and you saw like the villains like pass by one by one. Growing up, I think he was always there for our generation. I think now they're phasing him out because they realize he's not that villainy and there's better villains. Yeah, I mean, you have literal Hades. As- <laughs> yeah, now you have Hades. Now you have the guy from uh, Princess of the Frog. and No, he's a good one, yeah. Yeah, he's a really good one. Um, you know, Shmi lost his hand to a crocodile because of Peter Pan. That's a valid reason hook. to want to get revenge. Yeah, Hook. I'm so sorry. I said the wrong person. And I love the music that plays whenever the crocodile shows up. That ba-da-da-bum-bum-ba-da-da. Mm-hmm. It's like so like taunting in such a comedic way. It's actually like so fucked up. <laughs> the crocodile, crocodile was always my favorite part growing yeah. up. Oh, yeah. The sequences with the crocodile were always usually funny. Oh, yeah. It's very comical. Very, very... Oddly enough, like, if you really think about it, it's fucked up. But if this were to happen to any one of us, it'd be the most terrifying moment of our lives. But they portray it as if it's hilarious. It, I know? don't know. If I lost my arm to a crocodile, I think I would laugh about it eventually. Mm. I want to mm. believe I would. <laughs> yeah, let's believe that. <laughs> uh, so Tinkerbell then is caught by Hook at some point and pretty much... Um, betrays them by letting Hook know the whereabouts of her him and the Lost Boys, right? And oh, we yeah. meet the Lost Boys. We meet the Lost Boys. We meet Tiger Lily and, and the, the natives. Native American. Yes, which is one of the obvious problematic features of this movie. Um, it was the 50s. It was a different generation. Even the guys who worked on this movie, like not even 10 years after it, they were like, yeah, we shouldn't have done that. Like, they immediately knew that the representation was just not good. Wow. In the 60s, they knew that. That's wild. Yeah. Because now there's that disclaimer at the beginning of the film. It's just like, we apologize for the representation. (laughs) (laughs) But it is a product of its time. Do you know how often I see that when I put something on in Disney Plus? It's like, fucking Disney, man. Oh, I could. I mean, but I, to be honest, like, having that ahead. Of the film is probably the smartest thing instead of taking it down. Yeah, like having yeah, that. Yeah, no, it, like, I mean put, it's a good like, call. Saying it's just like putting things like the hey context here, like for yeah. those racist crows in Dumbo. Yes, like you know, yeah. like like it's just like we can as long as we can all acknowledge, all right, this is fucked up, but this is yeah. art from back then. It, it's a moment in time, you know. You're not going to change it. It is what it is. So. Uh, yeah, so we see, and then we also see mermaids. So we go from natives, we go to pirates, we go to mermaids. Neverland is just filled with a bunch of characters, which is so interesting because it's like pirates, mermaids, and natives. Mm-hmm. Like, I just wonder, how did any of these people get here? Yeah, I was like, where do the pirates come from? Where do the natives yeah. come from? Like, are they native to Neverland or are they natives that traveled to Neverland? The mermaids... Yeah. I, I, I I'm not I don't think anything of them to be quite honest and it is is it also like a weird thing for a white man to be like oh it's a fantasy land where made up characters live like pirates mermaids that's and Indians the pi- <laughs> I mean the, the 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 Native Americans as part of the fantasy because he was he was British right he was British yeah I, I I don't I guess yeah so to him like you know those wily Native Americans are on the other side of the Atlantic. They're not real. Yeah, they're not real. No. Yeah, they're just myths. Yeah. So let's put them in <laughs> Neverland. Yeah. So there's that. But Tiger Lily, Tiger Lily in this movie is very much just kind of there. And the love interest for Peter Pan, right? Doesn't she kiss him? Yeah. 
love interest. Yeah, just some girl who's just kind of there as like needs to get rescued. Needs to be rescued. Doesn't really ever speak. Uh, yeah. All the girls here are just like they're all revolve around Peter. You know. Yep. Like this, this movie not only portrays him as a narcissist, but they also kind of like love him for it. And they like feed to his ego. So it's like, oh, Tiger Lily loves him. Wendy loves him. Tinkerbell loves him. All the mermaids love him. Like none of the, the women other than Wendy are like very fleshed out. But like Wendy's fleshed out in the sense where, you know, she's like a three dimensional mother figure. Like, it, you know, she's that's she who she is as a character. She has wants and needs and she doesn't want like, yeah, maybe not, actually. This Wendy also, her identity as a character revolves around Peter Pan and is also a foil to Peter Pan because Wendy yeah. is ready to grow up the longer she's in Neverland. Mm-hmm. And weirdly enough, like it's when she sings a lullaby that she kind of almost realizes that, like, this is her calling to be a mother. Which is also, I mean, in retrospect, that's what we should have that warning about. It's, like, kind of a fucked I know, right? up message. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. It's like that women finally realize that knows, all they meant for is to be mothers. She knows her place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the songs in this movie, they bops or they not? I didn't think about them until I rewatched the movie. So not. Well, so there's you could fly, he could fly, he could fly, right? There's that. And I never liked that word growing up, so yeah. Yeah. It's like probably the best out of all of them. Cause then there's following the leader, the leader. That's the not leader. a song. That's a fucking Barney song. I know. Well, technically it was in Peter Pan first. So. Was it? Was it well, written Bar- for Peter Pan? Or is it like one of those like Yankee Doodle went to town that exists? And then, like, it got recorded <clears throat> for this one movie. Um, Yeah, Following the Leader has different lyrics and music. But, yeah, good good point. Good point. So, Sammy Khan and Sammy Fain are the ones who wrote primarily the movie music here. So, it's Second Star to the Right. Mm-hmm. You Could Fly. What Made the Red Man Red. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, Your Mother and Mine. That, book, and- that song. That's right. <laughs> that whole sequence, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Them smoking the pipe. But Oliver Wallace was responsible for writing the music to Following the Leader in A Pirate's Life. So, who knows? Um, I mean, essentially, after a while, after some adventures in Neverland where Hook is trying to beat and, like, get to Peter Pan. Also, do you think Peter, like, Hook is ever trying to harm anyone other than Peter Pan? He kidnapped the kids. To get to Pan. I know, but, like, he, he still, still did. He, he did, also yeah. like he also pushed Wendy down the plank. Off the plank. Yeah. So, yeah. You know. He's yeah, not, I mean he's not wholly innocent here. He's not wholly innocent here. Uh I think the voice actor who portrayed him and the father is just great. Hans Conrad. Which Conrad. is yeah, which is a important thing about the stage play. The stage play, whoever plays the dad also plays yeah. Hook, also plays hook, yeah. Right? Because that's part of that whole symbolism of growing mm-hmm. up. Like Weird these kids daddy are rebelling. Thing. Yeah, well, it's about rebelling against your authority figure. The father is the authority figure in go. the play and mm. stuff. And that's what hook is supposed to be, like an authority figure juxtaposed against like the Lost Boys and Peter Pan. 
Yeah, and also like you kind of lose a sense of who you really are when you grow older. I feel like is one of the thematic things here mm -hmm. that I get better from Hook instead of Peter Pan itself. Like that kind of deep retelling of what it is. What if Peter Pan grew up? I think actually hit the nail on the head better than Peter Pan's original source did. In my oh, you're opinion. talking about the movie Hook. Hook, the, the movie Hook. Yeah. But I'm also so partial to Hook because um, I think it's a great movie. I know a lot of people don't, but I do. Who are these people that don't think it's a good movie? Like, I was actually thinking Boomers. about that as I was watching this. Yeah, I think it's a, a generational thing. But is yep, it because it we're is. looking at it with nostalgia? And that's it. <laughs> I think that because we were children when we saw it, it helped. It was made for us, kind of, in yeah. a way. But when I, I rewatched it, I remember thinking, it's just like, this movie, I mean, it's a good story. Like, if you think about I it, think so if too. you think about it, it's, I mean... What I want to point out, though, is how is Maggie Smith, like, she was, like, 105 years old when that movie came out. How is she still alive and well and acting still? <laughs> That's mystery number one. But, no, uh, this whole idea. But I do, there was this idea of growing up and what happens to Peter Pan, something that kind of gets hinted at in this one mm. is, like, you know, there's a thing as growing up wrong or growing up bad. And not that I'm saying that Peter Pan grew up to be a bad person, but, like, he wasn't... He wasn't like a nice guy. No. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, you're right. I, I I agree with you. Hook was an excellent exploration about like what is it what does it mean when Peter Pan grows up? Yeah. And like the whole idea of like losing your childhood and whatnot, you know, and like mm -hmm. who you were as a child. Um, some fun facts about Peter Pan, really quick. Walt Disney wanted Mary Martin to be Peter Pan. Um is that but they the ended up going the the woman in the original musical, oh the one that I the one that I saw as a kid growing up, yes, yeah, I think they wanted uh, her to be Peter Pan. Mm -hmm. I but guess then they like... ended up going with Bobby Driscoll, and then because typically on the stage Peter it's... Pan was always played by a woman. Yes, because it, you're usually flying around, mm -hmm. like doing, and like, it's a young boy, so... and you're supposed to be a young boy, so you got to like make him sound prepubescent, and a woman has a better chance yeah. at sounding like a prepubescent boy. Yes. But ever since this, Peter Pan has now been played by boys. Um, Wendy Darling was also the voice of Alice in Alice in Wonderland. Oh. And Captain Hook, they originally wanted Cary Grant to voice him, uh, if you know who that is. But it didn't happen. They got Hans Conried. And honestly, thank God, because I don't think I, Cary Grant would have been that good. <clears throat> um, anything more you want to say about Peter Pan before we move on to Peter Pan and Wendy? I am trying to think of something insightful to say, but I have nothing to say because I'm not that insightful, guys. What do you think about the Lost Boys? Because we're going to talk about the Lost Boys, I think, a little bit more with the next one. I don't Here, know. Like, they were just dressed up as, like, animals. They were dressed up as animals. They're like pajamas. Now, the important thing here is also that Peter Pan's the only one who could fly out of all of them. Yeah. And Peter Pan it, is like, very, very selfish with that pixie dust. He's very, very selfish. Or maybe Tinkerbell and, is. I think Tinkerbell only shares it with him. Now, do we explore the darkness that is surrounding the Lost Boys in this one? Absolutely not. Like, the kids no, don't even know what a mother is. Fun. Yeah, they they're all just having yeah. fun. So but have again, they been there? Have, are they ageless as well? I think so. I think mm. they're all like, that's the thing. Like, no one gets to the darkness that is Peter Pan. Not even the Hook film explores that because nope. there is something awful about Peter Pan kidnap, not kidnapping, but like he takes these kids like the Pied Piper 
and he brings them to this land, makes them forget mm-hmm. about their mothers, and they're stuck mm-hmm. in this like forever youth. And there is something horrific about that. Absolutely. So Peter Pan is such an interesting story because Jam Barry didn't really get too deep into who Peter Pan's backstory was, uh, the backstory of Neverland, right? So it makes it very ripe for people inserting their own backstories and making retellings happen. And there have been quite a lot, but the best one I've ever read was on Reddit. And I'm going to read it to you right now because I think that the people who wrote the Peter Pan and Wendy must have came across this Reddit thread. Okay, (laughs) go for it. So Captain Hook is actually the good guy. We can link to it. Oh, okay, I think I've actually so, read this one before, but read yeah, it. Yeah, I think it's it's actually got a lot of trash con- traction to it because it's pretty good. Peter Pan is an immortal teenager who abducts children for his entertainment, then kills them when they reach puberty since they are no longer, quote, innocent or classify as children. Wait, do we know that for sure? Or this is, that is just the, This is their reading on it. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to say it's like, I don't. I thought the kids were ages. The only way that this could be valid is if the source itself backs it up. Okay. Right? So it depends. How does the book portray it? How does the movie? Like, we don't actually know if they age or not. We don't know how long they've been there for. So um, Captain Hook is the leader of a group of teenagers slash adults who managed to escape from Peter Pan when he decided to kill them, forming a gang of their own and attempting to stop Peter Pan and his malicious acts to save the children and future victims. In response, Peter Pan cuts off Hook's hands and feeds it to the crocodile, so that Hook is mentally tormented with the thought of a creature after him, driving him insane. Captain Hook continues into adulthood with his gang, attempting to kill Peter Pan, the villain, once and for all. And also, some people think that he made a deal with the Pixies for eternal youth. And that's like, and some people think that the Pixies are actually the one who says you must sacrifice these children that you bring to us in order to obtain your eternal youth it gets fucking dark when you go down the internet uh reddit hole but that whole thing of like peter pan kind of being the villain and hook kind of being victim to his narcissistic games Mm -hmm. is a really interesting reading yes one that i kind of feel like in in 2023 you have to explore a little bit right i mean do you well did they they tried they tried. <laughs> oh, I'll say that. They, 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 they We're this, so on the same page. I think this movie. <laughs> this episode. I would have prefaced this thing by saying it's just like, I actually enjoyed this movie a lot more than I thought I was going to. Same. I Yeah. I actually think there were some things that were done wonderfully. And mm-hmm. I wish some things they would have kind of not gone the Disney route. But they were stuck to it. Because yes. we're going the Disney yes. route. Yep. Uh, I didn't know until like maybe... At the end of the movie, that Jude Law was Captain Hook. Oh, I will admit what? I did, what? I did not know. I actually paused it. I'm just like, and I asked Daddy, I'm just like, wait, is that Jude Law? And then he's like, are you fucking serious? And I was just like, is it? And he's just like, yes. I'm just like, wow. I could not tell. Wow. I, don't, yeah, I kept thinking, like, who is this great actor? He's so good as Captain Hook. They discovered new talent. <laughs> you see, I think Hook and Dustin Hoffman's portrayal as Hook has forever kind of like, like wow, Jude Law could have gotten a little bit more lost in the sauce as like embracing like a like an animated kind of version of it, like Dustin Hoffman did. Mm-hmm. But I still think he did a very good job. Oh no, but, yeah, I think Jude Law is easily the best part of the movie, in my opinion. In terms of acting, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I would say like overall, like he was my favorite thing of the film for sure. Like he 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 shined the best, mm, including yeah. acting. But I think overall, yeah. but uh, but yes, no. 
one of the things that this movie decided to do was let's explore Peter Pan not <clears throat> and kind of deconstruct him a little mm-hmm. and his relationship around the people that surround him, all the characters that surround him. So when it comes to Wendy, we see kind of what a dick he is. When it comes to Tinkerbell, we see how chauvinistic he is. When it comes to the... Not really... The only lost one they kind of... The Lost Boys, yes. The uh, the Lost Boys is another one where like we see him kind of just being like almost like an asshole and like just a, a, a leader who gets them into dangerous situations and doesn't and he just thinks it's all fun and games but like you know i think we're led to believe that like kids have lost their lives for him so yep mm-hmm. yeah the only so, one that the only redeeming the only redeeming character around him is and by around him i mean like the only character that he isn't like a complete asshole towards and maybe it's because she's also very protective of him is tiger lily Tiger Lily, yeah. All right, so let's back up a little bit. Uh, David Lowry wrote, uh, he co-wrote it with Toby Halbrook who directed this. He's called this his favorite film he's done, and by far his most personal. Well, which I'll I tell find you, really interesting because The Green Knight is a beautiful film, but God, is it so fucking boring? Yeah, he directed The Green Knight. He also did the Peach Dragon. I never seen that. Have uh, you? I haven't seen that. But I, never I know liked a lot Peach of people Dragon, liked though, it. So. Yeah, I didn't grow up watching that. And he also made a film called Ain't Them Body Saints and uh, a ghost story. He's not that he's like a couple years older than us. So he's a really young oh, filmmaker. That makes me feel bad <clears throat> um, about my life. <laughs> Stop comparing yourself to other people, Rolando. <laughs> um, wait, a ghost story is the one where it's the guy in like the ghost sheet, right? It's with Casey Affleck. Yeah. The poster. The yeah, ghost sheet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think mm-hmm. that's literally the movie, though. He's just in ghost sheet. Oh, there you go. I haven't actually seen that movie. I've never so seen it. Know. I've wanted to. I've heard good things. Um, I think they gave it to him after he did Peach Dragon. So this has been in production since 2018. Wow. Um, yeah. And they were like, hey, we're going to make a lot of changes, right? We're not going to have a lot of racial stereotypes and, you know, like things that nobody likes about the original film in this one. And apparently that included the songs. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna create brand new ones. Yeah, create brand new ones that are are not very good and not even really that needed. Yeah, Um, I would agree. Um, Yeah, that was a weird choice. It was a little weird choice. Actually, so no, so I didn't know that he also wrote the script. I have a question for you, and I think this is gonna get to what you were thinking. I think I told Eddie that my theory is that in the original script and what he tried to film was that Tiger Lily and Wendy were going to go hall to hall and that they were going to be the love interests with each other and Dizzy was just absolutely not, especially mm-hmm. now with the Ron DeSantis of it all. That's my theory. Because you can see hints of it throughout the film. that like, And there was even a scene where you see Tiger Lily running in, uh, running towards someone to save the day and then it felt with the editing changed it to, be, to have her rescue the kids where it looked very much like she was trying to rescue Wendy. And like yeah. have a heroic moment with her. Even the last no, goodbye, absolutely. even the last scene when we see Tiger Lily, it's we didn't get the scene of 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 a close up of Wendy looking back at her, but it was very much, as far as I'm concerned, she's saying goodbye to Wendy, not Peter yeah. Pan. Yeah. So no, that's my read. I I I felt it radiating off of the screen. I watched it with my housemate, and we both looked at each other and would be like, what? Oh. Yeah, uh, being, like you I, could feel it. Even Eddie said, Eddie was just like, oh, I think they're going to go the lesbian route. You think that could yeah. be interesting? They didn't. 
They didn't. They didn't. They backed out. They were cowards. But it was enough there that we all picked up on it. For sure. So I would have loved it to be more explicitly said. But hey, I'll take I'll take that tension that I felt. Well, that's the thing. I don't nothing. even think. So here's the thing. I don't think. I think they tried to erase it. I don't even think that it was tried to. I don't even think oh, you it was. Really th- I think you don't they, think they put I think, in? Okay. I think they stripped it away. I think it's there because the performances were intended to be that way, and like the original script probably called for it. That's that mm. is, I'm I'm completely speculating, but I felt it in the core of my bone as I watched the movie. I'm just like, yo, I think I think they were trying to get. I think the original script probably called for Wendy and Tiger Lily to end up together. We got to turn this into a like a reel and see if we could get people to respond. May- that's a maybe. good. That's a good point. Yeah, I'm gonna send um, this to Mackenzie because now that she has her own podcast, maybe she'll get some dizzy. Maybe she'll get someone from Dizzy and be like, "Yo, Mackenzie, please sign this out for me." Like, was <laughs> were Wendy and Tiger Lily supposed to be a thing? Yeah, because so I guys- wasn't here for it. No, absolutely. I mean, I was on board for most of what this movie was doing, you know, and then the movie kind of went in in different directions or didn't go in the directions it promised. And so essentially the story is the same, right? But elements are taken out. So elements that are taken out are we barely get a sense of mermaids, one. Yeah, we only see And we don't really spend time with natives. But you know what? We don't even spend that much time with the Lost Boys either. And let's talk a little bit about the Lost Boys. In this movie... There's lost girls, and a lot of people have come for that. And here's why. Because in the original source of J.M. Barry's book, he said they're lost boys because girls would never get lost. Right? Oh, like, it's actually nice. a thing that girls are too smart to be in the predicament that the boys are in. That's okay. That's fine. Which is why they all want Wendy, right? Because they kind of are lost without her. Mm-hmm. So what an interesting read. Now, I might not be saying it completely accurately, but I remember reading that as one of the criticisms of the film. It's like the people who wrote this didn't even read the damn book because then they would have known and then they wouldn't have put girls in there. Or maybe they just want, you know, the casting to be really cool and diverse, so they just didn't even care. But so what? This isn't a adaptation of the book. This is an adaptation of the Disney cartoon. That's it. That's it. It's not a big fucking deal. <laughs> it's not. It's just like I like your yeah for like Peter Pan purist, but like who? The three people that are out there that are Peter Pan purists. Oh well. Yeah. Well, for Peter Pan purists, they're gonna hate this movie. Because uh, this probably movie will. They will, yeah. They get I mean, I haven't read too many reviews. You know, I think most people thought it was fine. And at the end of the day, it's this is rotten. a perfectly fine oh, movie, but it's yeah, it's not a it's not by far the worst live action film. But the oh, so actually, so it's not rotten by the critics stand uh, the critical consensus, but mm-hmm. the audience one I think is like thirteen percent. Ooh, that's not good. Yeah, which I think it's a lot of hate because Peter Pan is not white. That's the thing. So this movie is called Peter Pan and Wendy because it's it's very much also Wendy's story. And it's more so deconstructing the myth of who she thinks Peter Pan is and what it is to be in Neverland, right? Mm-hmm. And Peter Pan is played by a young actor named Alexander Maloney. And Alexander Maloney is just, he's not white. I'm pretty sure he has like East Asian features, right? Uh, I thought maybe Hispanic. Okay, so Ethically he's- ambiguous. Ethically ambiguous. He's not white, guys. And he's very much not white. He, I mean, unless he's just, unless he has a good bronze on, you know? Yeah. He's, I mean, he's a very beautiful boy, but he's not a very good actor. Oh, okay, fine. Let's just get right into it. He is easily the biggest drag on this film. 
Yeah, he's easily. just not good. Especially when he's up against Jude Law, who is really giving it Dynamic. his all in the script. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, this script is, let's be real, it's not a strong script. Jude Law is performing the shit out of it to the point where, like, it's making me, like, feel something. And then you have it against this kid who is just not Who's good. just really flat with everything yeah. he says. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. And, but it's like, he's the poor kid is kind of cursed because he wasn't... He was okay in the one-on-one scenes with uh, Mila Djokovic's daughter. She plays mm. Did you know that? That she's a Nepo baby? I didn't know that, no. Well, she's yeah. a Nepo well, baby. I actually liked her. I actually liked her performance. I actually, not, you know, she, she was fine. She was enjoyable, but especially compared to Peter fine. Pan. But, like, yeah. I thought when they played together, they didn't have any chemistry. But, like, he mm. was able to, like, kind of do some, like, he was able to do the smoldering thing, I think, just fine. He just was not able to do that kind of. Who's that swordsman from like uh, old timey movies? Errol something. Errol er- Flynn. Errol Flynn. You know, let's be real. Peter Pan was kind of the animated one. Has a little Errol Flynnness in him. Absolutely. This kid Look at was you. given those lines. Didn't we cover? We talked about Errol Flynn in something before, didn't we? Mm-hmm. I brought him up before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I I thought I was a minion. <laughs> uh, but yeah. This kid, they gave him some of those like Errol Flynn lines, but he just could not. I don't think he no. knew the source material, so he didn't understand the assignment, which happens in Drag Race a lot, right? When you're given mm, direction yes. for yes. something you have no point of reference of. Yeah. Good reference. I hope you guys got that reference. Yes. Uh, it's It really is a shame because they also, they're doing a lot of deconstruction of the myth of Peter Pan, and he's just not worthy enough of the shoes, unfortunately, to be like the Peter Pan that helps us as an audience go down this road with the movie, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so I guess let's just get right into it, right? This movie straight out says that Peter Pan and James used to be best friends. Right. But they both have contradictory stories of why they He was the first out. lost boy. He was the first lost boy. According to Peter, he just went off one day, and when he came back, he was changed. But according to, Kate, uh, to Captain Hook... He was told to leave and abandoned. Yeah, he was banished. By Peter. Banished. And that he didn't, because he missed his mom. Mm-hmm. All because he missed his mom, right? And right. Peter being the fucking tyrannical narcissist he is, he's like, I don't want to hear any of that shit. Get out of here. Also, there's a really interesting scene that shows that Peter Pan is like a narcissist when he like runs upstairs and then he bangs the door and they're like, oh, he banged his door. That can't be good. And they're like in whispering, even though he's like above them. It's like, wow, these people are afraid of him. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, but we've all had, I mean, I'm sure you've had a boss like that, that like when he's in a bad mood, everyone knows it. Everyone has to be walking on eggshells. I've had friends. Yeah. Like, I, that's what a narcissist is. I might yeah. be that friend sometimes also. <laughs> It's just, it's not good when like people are like tiptoeing around you and whispering and saying it's not good that they're banging a door and that they have to change their, you know, moods around you. So welcome to my childhood with my mother. (laughs) 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 So this movie just downright acknowledges that about Peter Pan. Um, So I kind of believe James, you know, because Wendy, while singing to the Lost Boys, it gives Captain Hook this memory. James, Captain Hook, same person. And he's realizing, yeah, I left because I missed my mother and now it's turned me into the monster that I am. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why I'm here is because my first mate, Mr. Smee, played by Jim Gaffigan, who actually I thought was really good. <gasps> that was Jim Gaffigan. Yeah. They, he's tall, though. How? I mean, they must have... like They probably... They... 
I mean, they there was some camera trickery there because I've yeah. seen Jim Gaffigan live. He's a big guy. Camera trickery. Look at that movies. Cause, um, yeah, because Jude Law is not famously tall. No, he's like my height, and I'm yeah. five nine. So, and that's the thing. So the movie acknowledges that Captain Hook was not born a monster. Unfortunately, he became a monster because of certain circumstances that Peter Pan may even be directly responsible for. But then at the end of the day, he's like, oh, right, but he's still a monster, guys. So, he, you know, he kidnaps the Lost Boys and he ties them up and he makes Wendy uh, walk the plank and all this stuff. Yes. Um, he almost was about to kill the the kids. Yeah, no, he, yeah, he's definitely, he's still a monster. We just are understanding how he got there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... Peter Pan is kind of like awoken to the way that he treated James by Wendy. You know, she's like not only there to be, she's not just a mother figure, right? She's actually like the person who realizes what's going on, realizing what's happening to people and trying to make amends on behalf of people, trying to get people home. Like she's the doer, she's the pusher, she's the mover here. Yeah. You kind of miss a big beat. So Captain Hook thought he killed Peter Pan during the ambush scene. And everyone did think Peter Pan was dead. This actually kind of, this is a little bit what I thought worked here was giving Wendy her own because she doesn't need Peter Pan at the end of the movie, mm. right? She She's able to access the pixie dust herself and she's able to fly on her own. And she's the one who actually makes the, the, the Jolly Roger fly not yeah. without Peter Pan's help, Um, which... Uh, which uh, confused me as I'm watching the film because I'm just like, oh yeah, I'm all here for for her. But then Peter Pan comes. Everyone's so happy that he's there, but I'm just like, Wendy, like, he's kind of a piece of shit. Like, why, <laughs> why are we so happy he's here? Seriously, <laughs> why? Because he just like for once learned what it is to be humility, like to have humility. I don't know. I will also say that there's a point in the movie where Wendy straight up says, I don't even know if I want to be a mom. Yes, she just actually loved. So you you remember when she says she's thinking happy thoughts, right? The first, uh, the second time that she thinks of happy thoughts as she's walking the plank. I don't Mm -hmm. think she had a kid. We saw her grow old, but at no point did we see her like having a child, right? I just wanted to make sure I didn't like just miss that like shot. So she's she seeing, like grows like, old, she's, dependent yeah, of that she's seeing she's she's seeing a sequence of her growing old. At no point do we see her being a mother. I thought that's interesting. Again, part of me also thought, I'm just like, is, do I see Tiger? I was like, look, he's like, Tiger Lily's got to be there somewhere, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, that was definitely one of the interesting, you know, cinematic elements of this film. Um, Whenever you would think happy thoughts and you would think about either your life or the people or the way that you want your life to be and how Wendy thought about growing up. Because for her, she doesn't want to live forever. She doesn't want to be eternally young. It actually seems like a curse. Right. Look at Peter Pan. I actually thought the trip to Neverland, even though I was like, so what is Neverland a portal by the way that this movie like portrayed it? Um, I, even though I had some questions, I just thought it was a really beautiful sequence. Like I that agree. filmmaker just went with it. That was actually my easily one of my favorite parts of the film is when they go yeah. through Big Ben, you see everything slows down and you're in this like weird wormhole. And I think it was the most visually interesting part of the film for sure. And this yep. is where... I mean, this director shines when he gets to be weird and expressive with his filmmaking. That was probably the most you saw of it here. But it's just the part, especially when, like, you know, we're seeing it. It's not crammer trickery, but, like, it's all about the angles. So, like, we're supposed to imagine them flying. We saw them kind of, like, end up uh, 
being vertical. And then, mm-hmm. like, there's almost, like, a, a wall up. And when she touches it, it suddenly becomes water. And it was, like, it was so beautiful. It was actually, like, a very well-constructed sequence. And I thought it was just, like, oh, I got so excited for the rest of the film. And then it was just kind of, like, oh, yeah. yeah. A little wavering yeah. here and there. <laughs> like, then you meet, then you see Jude Law, and you're just, like, oh, great. Maybe, maybe we could steer the ship back again. And it's just, like, no. I loved. Well, that's the thing. I loved that the movie did not shy away from showing you what an asshole Peter Pan is. I. Yeah think and i think where the movie struggles though is they were still at no point where they they were fine with showing us that he's a dickhead but they were not okay with showing us that like we can call him a bad guy Mm, right mm -hmm. we always had to portray him in that heroic light even when it came to the final showdown between him and hook uh he even like when he's trying to to do is like i forgive you and stuff and Hook then just goes off to be, like, still the bad guy. And it was kind of like, I don't know. Like, because, like, I don't... Is is Peter Pan absolved of all his sins because he said, I'm sorry? I don't think so, yep. in my opinion. No, I don't think so either. And I wrote a bunch of notes for this. And when this is literally what I wrote. Ending. Toxic relationship, emotionally stunted, condemned to their cycle of abuse. And... This movie, that ending, I was just like, how, is this supposed to be sentimental or romantic? Are you what talking, the you're fuck talking about, is You're this? talking about the very, very ending. The ship yes. in London. Mm-hmm. Okay, I agree with you. The music choice was so happy and like triumphant. And I was telling, I was just like, wait, this is not a happy This moment. is dark. <laughs> this is like tragic. Like this kid is absolutely refusing to grow up. And like, we're all so happy. Like, we're supposed to be happy for him. Like all, he's lost everything at this point. The Lost Boys have turned on him. The only person now by his side at this point in the film is Tinkerbell. And mm-hmm. I feel like this point, great. Tinkerbell, who, yeah, but here's the thing Tinkerbell is kind of like a kept woman at this point. Mm, she's yeah, she's yeah. a battered housewife who won't leave yeah. her man. You Seriously, know? her, Pan, and Hook, they're just like, they're stuck in this terrible, toxic cycle. Yeah. And I know, so I know the reason he goes back is because he goes to save Hook. That's I did not need that scene. We should have just ended the movie there. I would have changed the music to to sh- more so not make this triumphant, but highlight the dark and twisted side. Like it shouldn't have been Wendy being all happy that he's flying off back to Neverland. She should have been crying and like mm-hmm. realizing, like, oh my god, like he's lost forever. He is yeah. a true lost way. And what are these parents gonna do with all these kids? By the way, yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> Because they all they followed just, them. I think they were just so shook that they couldn't even, like, react properly. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, of course, it's not going to be that dark. But this idea of, like, Peter Pan being this beautiful, romantic figure of childhood, that needs to end. Like, that became clear after watching this movie. Like, we're on the same page. Like, no, that shit is dark yeah. and tragic that he went back to that life. It, it, it so, truly, truly is. Uh, I was... Yeah, it made me wish that this director didn't make this film for Disney. Like if, cause Peter yes. Pan I think is in the, I think Peter Pan is in the, what is it? The, they own the rights to it. I think. Yeah. No, there was a Peter Pan movie that came out like 10 years ago with Hugh Jackman. Remember oh called, yeah. Oh Pan. yeah. Pan. Then yeah. there was also Peter Pan that came out like maybe another 10, 20 years, years that. ago. That came out 20 years ago. Yeah. yeah so there is not like it's the, the Peter Pan rights are not exclusive to Disney. The the they some do of the things that we know 
but that's the thing. Maybe some of the elements that we know are exclusive to Disney. Like I'm, mm. I'm guessing the TikTok, TikTok, that might be. I don't know if that's part of the original play or whatnot. But interesting. Yeah, I'm just saying. I think I don't think if this wasn't a Disney film, if they if this director had done made a dark Peter Pan movie, then I probably would have enjoyed the shit out of it. To be quite <laughs> Seriously. honest, but it was a yeah. Disney film, so he was kind of stuck and. As a result, it gave me something that I wish was better, but I didn't hate it. I think at the end of the day, when I came out, when I was watching, just like, oh, I'm, I, I enjoyed this film a lot more than I thought it was going to, because I was ready to give this like, uh, yeah. Pinocchio leading the tramp. <laughs> That's what I was expecting. No, it's the, it's, it's better than both of those, honestly. And there's just enough of an interesting thought behind it. And you could see the approach and you could see the path they wanted to go down. You could also just see that Disney blockaded them from going further down it. Mm -hmm. So, but I applaud the effort. And like, I feel like Peter Pan itself, it's such a bizarre but interesting tale that you kind of can't do it without, like you can't do it half-assed or uninterestingly because you're always going to gather some sort of interesting conversation about it because everything that Peter Pan like just arouses so many questions and like, huh, is this good? Is this bad? Is this problematic? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So in terms of a property, I think a hundred years later, because that's about how much it is. I think he wrote in 1904. So we're pretty much at 90, 120 or something years yeah, later. Yeah, <laughs> Uh, I almost thought it was 99 years, <laughs> but like 120 years later, you know, we're like, whoa, this isn't anything that anyone should want for themselves or like, you know, like be like, oh, wow, Peter Pan, what a beautiful icon of you. It's like, yeah, actually. Right. Actually. Um, so I'm glad the movie at least kind of went into that territory. It just yeah. didn't get as fully lost in that as much as we wanted it to. It did. Yeah. Uh, it just didn't. It didn't stick the landing. No. Which is a shame. I actually think the the film had potential that was kind of squandered. Yeah. Now here's a nitpick. Um, Peter Pan can leave and come back and and not age. So I wonder why Hook aged. Is it because of the pixie dust? I don't know. Uh, Is it because he could fly? I don't know. Yeah. It's like weird that first of all he never left Neverland, but yet he aged. So it also just makes me wonder. That's why that theory on Reddit, I, I feel like, is valid because we never know how long the Lost Boys have been there for. Mm -hmm. And it definitely seems like they probably do age and maybe, maybe turn into pirates. Maybe if you choose to grow up, you start to age. Ah, it's more magical. Something like that. I don't know. But okay. <laughs> that was one of the things that I also found interesting in this film that I liked, which was this idea of they kept saying that, like, you just grew up wrong. You grew up, mm. which I think is I don't I wish they could have explored it a little bit better because I think it just it makes Hook too painted broadly, I think, in my opinion, where it's just yeah. like it just it's just like, well, he's just a bad guy. I don't I, I think there is something there. You can grow up wrong. Technically speaking, Peter Pan is growing up wrong. He's not growing up, but like he's you know, what I mean. Yeah. I think you could have played around a little bit more with that. They didn't, Absolutely. but that's just that's also just me nitpicking. Uh, and otherwise, okay, film. I think it was like you know, definitely, <laughs> shockingly, like I came out like it was like, huh, it could have been better, but it's hey, I wasn't miserable. Yes, because we have been for some of these. So uh, for these Disney Plus releases, yeah, yeah. 
Well, in a couple of weeks when we did a Little Mermaid, hopefully we won't be miserable. I'm re- I, can't I really imagine. have high hopes. I, I don't. You don't have, have you not hopes? seen? Have you not seen Flounder? I, I mean, I yeah. The movie <laughs> looks weird. It just looks weird. That's because The Little Mermaid is fucking weird. It's not like the greatest story. I have so many problems with The Little Mermaid as oh. a story. So, you know, Hans. There's theories that Hans Christian Andersen was closeted. And like he wrote oh, I this, I still believe it. And he and he wrote this because he was in love with a guy that he could not be with and stuff. And that's kind of where this idea of like the Little Mermaid Aww. comes from. Aww, it's that's so sad. It's histori- uh Historians speculate. There's I don't think anything has ever been proven, but mm, it makes yeah. sense. And I think the I mean the Christianity that's imbued in the Little Mermaid is interesting to talk about. I'm curious if Eddie has anything to say because like he you know he studied theology so he might he might be able to like add more to that conversation huh interesting and we'll have a guest with us too who we will it's gonna be a good episode guys if you made it this long be sure to stay tuned in a couple of weeks when we talk about the little mermaid Uh, until then if you want to let us know any of your thoughts you can reach out to us by email, remakesrebootsrevivals at gmail.com. On Instagram, at remakesrebootsrevivals. On Twitter, at remakespodcast. You can search for us on YouTube and Facebook by searching for Remakes, Reboots, and Revivals. And if you're listening to this on a podcasting platform, just go on over and give us a quick rating. And if you can leave us a review, that would be super dandy as well. Mm. Um, Yeah, I mean... I always get that song in my head after I talk about Peter Pan. How often do you talk about Peter Pan? Recently a lot, but after this, I'm not going to sing that song for a while. (laughs) So, Well, uh, sad we didn't hear Eddie's thoughts on it, but hopefully we'll hear his thoughts on the next episode, which we will determine offline. Yeah, (laughs) we we won't bore you with the admin talk. So, guys, thank you for listening. And until next time, stay stay unoriginal. unoriginal.